Hiring? With Indeed, your search is over. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash match. Just go to Indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Despite what their moms told them, they just aren't talented enough for radio. Unfortunately, anyone can have a show these days. Sean. Well, I'm pretty hard to figure out sometimes. I can't figure myself out sometimes, so don't you try to. Joe. You're an idiot. And really, a disloyal person. This is the Cuse Militia. Those two unapologetically biased, orange-blooded homers, Sean and Joe. It's the most bullshit thing I've seen in 30 years. Welcome, orange men and ladies. Happy Sunday. This is the Cuse Militia with Sean and Joe. Thank you so much for tuning in. At Cuse Militia on the socials. Go there, join the militia. We appreciate all of you who have done so already. Um, well, look, we've got a ton to go over. Uh, the Syracuse offense sputtered in the second half and with seconds left, falling 36-29 to um, against NC State, dropping them to 1-9 on the year. And Syracuse basketball tipped off their season with an 85-84 home opener win against Bryant despite a lazy defensive effort. You'll hear from us. We'll hear from you in fan feedback. And there was plenty of drama to discuss with basketball this weekend, so we will try to get to everything. I hope everybody had a happy Thanksgiving. It is back yeah. to reality for me. I had a four-day weekend. It was glorious. It is over. And here, and I'm not here ready I, for it to be over. I had a four-day weekend sit. as well. You did too? So, yeah. Um, just a great time. I haven't had four days off in a row since Christmas time last year. So, anyways. All right. Well, I guess nobody cares. I, I know. I know that. I know that. I guess we are going to get right into it because we have so much to talk about. But first, yes. let's talk about Bet Online. Bet Online, if you did not know, is the title sponsor for um, Armchair Media and the Cuse Militia. Now, look, we all know the game situation. Seniors couldn't even have their parents in the dome. So, you know what? You know what they should do? They should go to Bet Online and bet. That's what they should do with their free time. They don't have to travel. Go to Bet Online. You can get in on the action over there at Bet Online. They're going to go to the extra mile to make sure you can get in on everything imaginable this season from game spreads and totals to team, player, and coach and props. Bet Online gives you more options to wager than any other place online. Head to Bet Online today. Use the promo code ARMCHAIR to take advantage of all of the great sign up bonuses. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. Thank you, Bet Online. Okay, so um, Joe, it looked sure. it looked as if we maybe had a chance against NC State there for a little while. Okay, uh, the good between defense and special teams, Syracuse was put in the catbird seat. Um, in in my opinion, for an upset. 
I thought that that was going to be enough. Up by eight and a half, gave the offense the opportunity not to have to play catch up after the half. Culpepper, he looked pretty good on paper. He completed about 50%, just over 50% of his passes for 254 yards and two touchdowns. Taj Harris, he got 146 of those yards and one of those touchdowns. Trevor Pena with a 98-yard kickoff return, and he waited patiently to turn on the speed. And I think that was Ben since, if I remember what they said during the broadcast, since 2011, since they last did that. So, and, and you know, Syracuse did not turn the ball over either, which is fantastic. Um, the bad. Syracuse netted three yards of rushing for the entire game. Sean Tucker with 16 carries for 18 yards, 1.1 yards a carry. An opportunity missed when Michael Jones took an uh, interception down to the NC State five-yard line, and the Orange offense couldn't get it across the goal line. Bailey Hockman, he fumbled the ball through the back of the end zone. Um, and that was just the tip of the stupid iceberg. The ugly. Rex took multiple sacks um, when he didn't need to. I mean, you don't take, you know. Well, you got it, sacked twice. It, 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 weren't they both on the last drive? They were. Uh, they could have been. I mean, there were there, times when he ran out of bounds. Too. There was a well, right? They weren't. Well, they weren't technically sacks, but the, he he had run out of bounds at least one time. I think it was three altogether, where he ran out of bounds once um, right. instead of throwing the ball away. There was a couple. There was a couple really ugly throwaways as well, like into the field of play. Uh, when they should have just been launched over. And, and you know, it was just um, that last drive was crucial. Two of those types mm-hmm. of plays on the last drive. Um, after fumbling through the back of the end zone, Hockman literally threw the ball out of the back of the end zone uh, as he was getting sta- getting sacked, threw it on purpose. So I don't, he only yeah. got spun 180 degrees. I don't know where he thought he was. Uh, <clears throat> just when you think uh, that was the, the worst play of the game, Rex takes a sack on third and goal. Uh, running around, he was trying to find someone. He was trying to he was trying to wait out wait out to see if someone could get open. He did a really good job before taking the sack. But with time running out and no timeouts, uh, he spiked the ball to try to stop the clock. Obviously losing track of downs, ending the game on fourth down with a spike. Joe, uh, mm. all of the opportunities in the world to sneak another W, uh, mostly squandered. And with one game left, the Orange football season will be a thing of the past. But that game against NC State. You know, you're at, what were they at, like the 10-yard line or something like that, 11, 11 or 12, when you've, right. got, when you've got fourth down if you don't take that sack. You know, if you spike the ball, you get to come up with a play, some kind of game plan. At least you got the, the, the time clock or the play clock to, to um, you know, get your sorts and get a play called in. Um, right. And without that, you know, obviously I don't think they would have been able to do it. So taking that sack really was the start of that whole thing because I don't see it happening without without the with the clock running. If the clock was stopped, it might have been a different scenario. Yeah. Well, again, that's kind of why you throw it away, right? Um, well, yeah. That's one of those things where, again, you get a guy that really probably hasn't been in that scenario his whole career. And uh, like you said, he, he played good. Um, he played, I, I thought think, he played really good. You know, it was a couple of – right little mistakes right but. and i mean you know i i know that jacobian didn't have tosh harris last week but i think that you know this that he proved that he is the guy that to give us the best chance anyway right but this was more about and what what nc state did than what really we did um i think that again our defense played really well what four turnovers i believe what two turnovers two, sorry yeah. um but that uh, the one we had, we brought all the way down to what the five, four and a half yard line. You can only get a field goal. 
uh, our we, uh, return a kickoff for a touchdown. So it was our defense, our special teams, and then the fact that uh, NC State was just just giving us the game. I mean, they were making mistakes. I mean, I know we made a lot of mistakes as well, uh, a lot of third down penalties that kept drives for them going. But uh, to only have three yards rushing, and, and even kudos to us, really. I mean, we only held them; we held them to ninety-five yards rushing, which is pretty yeah, good. Hockman with the with the probably the best game in his young career so far, though. Well, I mean, Minus he throws the, the ball up there. He's yeah. got good receivers, like we said. But uh, that Thayer Thomas, uh, he had a, a career game for them. A yeah, little slot did. receiver. Uh, I know that Garrett Williams got burned a couple times. He got burned for a touchdown, and, and so did uh, Melfuano for the first time this year. Um, but for the most part, it was uh, Thayer Thomas uh, in the the slot. Carrie Angeline had a, a bunch of little small catches like that, too. So they kind of got us you know, in the middle of the defense. But they kept making mistakes. And we did, you know, the whole bend but don't break. But again, um, that was just kind of the, the epitome of our season, that kind of the end of that there. You know, I feel bad for Rex. He played a good game on senior day. Um, who knows if he's going to be able to play in the dome again? And uh, he gave it his go, but again, I mean, that that whole sequence of play was pretty much, you know, what our season's been. Um, obviously, there's been bright spots, <clears throat> but we just can't be consistent enough to keep it all together to to get a W minus that Georgia Tech game. And they basically gave us the game. So it's tough. Tyus Harris played good. Our linebackers played good. We held them to, you know. Low, low rushing yards um, for the season, I believe, for them. Um, but three rushing yards and, and, and just mistakes, squandered mistakes. It's just the name of our season this year, sadly. Yeah. All right, well, let's take a listen to see what Coach Babers had to say after the game. Well, I think you guys saw it. I mean, obviously, you want to – you want to throw that ball. The third down call, you have to you have to throw it away, and then you, you play the fourth down snap. And if you're going to go on fourth down, you know, you're going to have to throw the ball. Nobody wants to spike it on fourth down. I, I don't look at these plays. You know, there's, there's people making mistakes, but there's one mistake didn't win or lose a game. I mean, there was other mistakes made during that game, and people need to realize that. I mean, there was balls where people dropped the balls. There were plays where DBs could have made plays in the end zone. So everyone wants to talk about the last play, but – Last time I checked, there was like, you know, 70 plays on offense and 70 plays on defense. There was 140 snaps in that game, and all of them were important. I have very, very high expectations for the wide receivers. I'm sorry. You know, I apologize to their, their parents all the time, but wide receivers are like my babies. They're, uh, they work very hard, and we really try to reward them, and it was disappointing. Uh, and we had a disappointing stretch where, you know, it was hard to get them the ball based off of who was playing quarterbacks, you know, in this season. But uh, when Rex was out and he was throwing the ball and he was giving those guys some opportunities and we need to do everything in our power to help him uh, by not leaving anything on the ground. And there was some really good catches being made out there and there's some really good throws being made out there. I just wish we could have been a little bit more efficient. First of all, I think our defense is going to be really good. I really do. I'm, I am – cautiously excited about what this is going to turn into, especially with the youth that's on that side of the ball. When you, when you look at the third down situations, you see pressure, you see defensive linemen barely coming off. You see guys almost getting to the quarterback with the defensive line rush. And you're seeing young freshman DBs almost make the play. Okay, almost make the play, and then they're getting a first down. Almost make a play, and they're getting, you know, a touchdown in the end zone, so to speak. 
I think there's one of them on Garrett and I've got to look at the tape and, and I'm not complaining because this is all part of it. But it looked like the receiver pushed him right at right at the optum time where Garrett was about to pick it in the end zone. And, uh, you know, the referee no called it, which he's allowed to do. I mean, I'm not going to go crazy over that, but it's that knowledge. You give that knowledge to Garrett, you give that knowledge to Ithy, you give that knowledge to Smurf, you give that knowledge to those, to, to Jihad and Hannah, and you give them that knowledge and then you bring them back and then they know next year that they may get a little push there, but they're going to be ready for it type thing. And then those D linemen get off and instead of being one step almost there, they're there. And, uh, you know, we're going to – we're a pressure defense. We're trying to tune it up. And if we had some other cats back there, you know, the coverage would be a lot tighter and the success would be a lot more. But those guys aren't back there. They're gone. And so now when these guys grow up to where those guys are at, I think we're going to have something we can really be proud of. All right, obviously that was played out of order, and that's my bad. But um, I, I had thought of something Coach uh, had said, and I was going to reiterate, and that's when I realized I had screwed up, and I apologize. So, look – the the good of this, as we look ahead at just having this last game left, Joe, is that is that whole the whole sequence there where he's talking about the defense in the last in the last part of that montage, and to have these guys, um, like he says, just missing by a little bit and and knowing what that little bit is because they've already got a year under their belt is going to just right. give them that much more experience and knowledge going into next year and everybody I've talked to that has been kind of hard on Syracuse football this year I think every single one of them has has even mentioned you know but the defense is good like the defense has promise and I feel good about it I don't think there's a person that's within earshot of us that feels bad about the defense other than feels bad for them because we've done so much this year and um, with little reward for so it. many more plays in the offense. Yeah, absolutely. And by the way, the offense to to their credit against NC State, I think they split plays. I think yeah, it was pretty close. I think yeah. it was seventy seventy. So Tosh Harris had a great game, minus the the drop ball that he had there. That probably would have been another touchdown, or at least a really long gainer. But again, it's, we've kind of seen that. There's been no consistency this year, <clears throat> so there's been ups and downs. But yeah, to 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 what Baber said. Um, this defense, especially some of these guys, knowing that it's just a half a step here, or you know, put on twenty pounds there, or fifteen pounds, and you know, I know what like a that, defender's going to be. Yeah, I mean, they got their experience this year. They got out, they went out there, and you know, they got beat sometimes, and sometimes they didn't. They made great plays, and sometimes they were right where they were supposed to be, and they just couldn't make the play because they're just not ready for it. So um, they know, and they're gonna, they're gonna guaranteed they're going to be in the weight room uh strength and conditioning and and getting better because uh they already have the experience yeah absolutely so let's play a little let's play a little i I put a tweet out describe we didn't do fan feedback for football we're going to save that for basketball (laughs) uh describe this game in two words uh at oil cues duff uh, Debone seventy five, Rex Culpepper, at uh Roberto uh Roberto B eighty eight. I'm done. At L Michelle XO. No thanks. Yeah, I know. At uh, D Rads, it's horse pucky. Um, <laughs> at Orange Chuck over next. Let's let's. There's some. There's there's a couple. There's a couple in here that I just love. Um, at Turf on Fire, fitting end. No words. Uh, 
Um, catch ball at Jason eight our money. Um, someone put <laughs> at, at at twill six five ten. No effing surprise. That's actually three words. You got the typical we suck. Uh, not great, Bob. Great, Bob being one word. And then my favorite is my favorite is I'm trying to find it because I don't remember exactly how it was put. But um, oh my gosh, shoot me. Typical. That's one word, by the way. At D Duke Pav. Oh my gosh, where is this one? Even James got in on some of this. At SRW0717 lacrosse season. Oh, here we go. <laughs> A- Adam Bova, sack spike. So, <laughs> <laughs> not oh. sure. Not sure what sack spike is, but that wins. That wins. So anyway, yep. look. Stuff winner. Look, um, you know it's tough. It's tough to go into a game. They covered. You know, it's tough to go into a game and 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 be excited. You know, when you know your last game's Notre Dame, but to go into NC State thinking, you know, there's probably a good chance we get crushed, and 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 they they hold out that long, and just just a little bit of a miscue on third down really is where it was. The the spike was irrelevant. I don't think it would have happened. I don't know what play they were going to, you know, I just, it was too confusing after that. So anyway, yeah, you know what I mean? You, you understand? What I'm yeah. Yeah. I mean, I was just happy that they actually like got down there and actually like had an opportunity to even be in that position. Cause I just didn't see it going that way. Once I saw them get the lead, then I kind of figured it was over. Uh, that's kind of what's happened with us um, this year. With these backups, you know, especially Rex and Jacoby, and especially by the second half, the defense pretty much knows what we're doing. Uh, we never established a run to begin with, and a lot of the pass plays are usually just the same old, same old. So um, yeah. I'm glad to see some of the rollouts and some of the different plays that they, they called that were successful uh, because NC State hadn't seen them. But it gets to a point where the defense knows, you know, pretty much what you're doing, and you, you kind of get – you run out of things to do. And that's where I thought we were. So for us to even get down there – even have a chance. Um, I was kind of impressed. So Syracuse wins a close one in basketball the day before, and we would have led with this, but I feel like this is going to take up most of the time. So well, we kind of wanted to do football first and switch gears into basketball. And yeah. um, a game that uh, really, um, you know, at the there was a lot of drama involved. There was some drama, and we're going to get into it all between some things in the presser. Uh, I want to get into coaches' uh, COVID, uh, his feelings on the 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 um, what do you want to call it the 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 rules the COVID or protocols the, the protocols yeah exactly the, the uh, what he thinks about the protocols and you know you could sit there and you could say you know well coaches just saying that because they didn't play well and blah 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 well. I don't think it really hit him until he realized how it really affected them in real life. You know, right. you, you know what I'm saying? So it takes going through it. And for whatever reason, you know, I don't know. Well, we'll get into it. We'll get into all yeah. that. There's plenty to talk about there. Let's hear what Coach had to say first about the 85 to 84 win over Bryant. An unbelievable mistake. You know, you cannot play basketball when you don't practice. I mean, that's a fundamental thing that everybody knows. We were playing really well two weeks ago. You know, you go on 14 days, players kept themselves in okay shape, but 
we practiced yesterday, guys. Some guys were dying. Then we get in the game against a really good team, a smart team, a well-coached team. Run and can shoot. They start out and made their first five threes, and we missed our first five. And, uh, you know, we dug a big hole. I thought we had unbelievable character to battle back in there. And then even when we missed the free throws <laughs> at the end, we uh, made, got stops, got two stops down there. Uh, we got a lot of stops in the second half. We probably pressed too much the first half. It worked pretty well, but I think it tired us out, and they got through and got some layups. So the second half, we just played solid. Uh, Brahma's hurt. We're going to do an MRI tonight. You know, obviously, we lose him. He's a key key guy for us. Makes Marek have to play the whole game at center. I thought Allen and Quincy did a good job on the boards. We were fortunate. Uh, Marek had a really good game inside, really stepped it up, which you want a veteran guy to do. And Buddy made some – Quincy and Allen got on the boards. But – our, our young centers were not ready for this game. They've got five guards out there most of the time uh, or four guards that it's difficult for them in this game. They'll be better against bigger teams, but not in this game. But I thought we show, showed a lot of resilience uh, to fight back in this thing and get the lead. And then we missed a couple free throws and uh, still got back and made stops. But again, our defense was better in the second half. We need these next few days to get back in rhythm. Um, it's the worst I've ever seen Joe Girard play, and I'm confident that he won't play like that again. There was never a doubt if we, you know, if we could have had an, an easier first game, which sometimes you have, the centers would have gotten some time. But as soon as this game started, this game was going to go to the wire or we were going to lose. <laughs> in fact, we might not have gotten to the wire unless Marek played center. And, you know, he's our best center. He knows what to do in there. He's the best defensive center. He's The problem with Marek is he's 10 times better on defense than they are. He knocked the ball away. He plays position, keeps them from getting where they need to go. Um, so many things you don't see. And I thought, for the most part, our guards were a little better. Joe got beat. The little guard, he's going to beat a lot of people in the lane. He's quick. He's tough. All right, the coach montage brought to us by Bet Online. This is the title sponsor for the Q's Militia, the coach montage, and armchair media. You might not be able to get to a game this year, but you can still get in on all the action at Bet Online. Bet Online is going the extra mile to make sure you can get in on everything imaginable this season from game spreads and totals to team, player, and coaching props. Bet Online gives you more options to wager than any other place online. Head over to Bet Online today. Use the promo code Armchair to take care, advantage of all of the great sign-up bonuses. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. Thank you, Bet Online. It is time to gear up and get yourself the gift of shaving this holiday season. I'm talking about Manscaped Perfect Package 3.0. Uh, this is the revolutionary uh, Lawnmower 3.0. It has proprietary advanced skin safe technology, so this trimmer doesn't cut the nuts. It's also waterproof, so you can use it in the shower. The Lawnmower 3.0 comes inside their brand new Perfect Package 3.0, which makes for the perfect holiday gift. You, all you ladies out there, want to get your man something nice. The Perfect Package 3.0. It's literally everything you need to keep trim, cut free, and smelling great. It also comes with the crop preserver, the the um, 
Cologne, and of course, 3.0. You can always go there. Check out all their other products too. The Shears 2.0, uh, nose and ear hair trimmer. Head over there today. In fact, if you head over there Monday, we're recording on Sunday, but if you head over there Monday and use the promo code armchair, get 20%, 25% off and free shipping with the promo code armchair at manscaped.com. That's Cyber Monday, 25% off with free shipping at manscaped.com. Use the promo code armchair. Make Santa proud. Thank you, Manscaped. All right. So, Joe, a little bit of controversy uh, after the half between uh, Brian head coach Jared Gro- Gra- Grasso um, he was I guess I, I look I don't know how this happened or how this was presented to him when it was presented to him I would have to assume it was at the end of the game there was a, a tweet from uh, Matt Park that said Beheim at the half he's quoting um, not practicing nope not practicing in 14 days you just can't play this game they should have canceled the game we're not conditioned They've got fast guys, and they're pushing right by us. This is a tough game for us if we practice every day. We're not ready. So there's some dot, dot, dots in there, which tells you that it's somewhat out of context to some extent, right? So, Joe, he says they should have canceled the game. And I'm assuming Jared Grasso thought that Coach was talking about Bryant canceling the game. Right. Well, I don't think Coach was – talking about Bryant. I don't know who he was no. I don't know who he was talking about, but maybe some clarity there. Uh, I don't think Matt Park obviously not someone who's a pot stirrer. I don't think that he would he thought this was going to blow up into what it did right after the game, right. but well again, the, the problem is is that people just nowadays people don't ask for context. They just take it at face value and it could be a statement that three different people could take three different ways and they're just going to run with it. So again, um, I think that's overall just maybe he's talking about him, the university, this all together. He was probably upset. Um, you know, when you're in the game and you're coaching and stuff like that, you're not really worried about necessarily how you word things all the time. And I think that that's probably just a frustrated Jim Beheim saying, you know, we we should have we should have canceled it. Now that I actually see how it's affected them and how this game is going and everything like that, we should have canceled it. And and it's also a little bit of you know he's a little bit of a, a shit talker too, right? So, you know, he was probably a situation where well, you were going to you know, owe a fortune to the swear jar. <laughs> it's um, but I'm just saying, you know, it's it's one of those things where sometimes he gets angry and he says stuff like that. Um, to, to motivate his team and, you know, just says stuff like that out loud anyway. Right. So, um, you know, we all know what he said about Jerry McNamara and all those other things. So again, um, you can't really put too much into it. So again, I think a lot of what Jared Grasso said, because again, he doesn't listen to that either. So I'm sure that it was a reporter or somebody who heard that, that turned around and put it in some type of question form, um, that made it sound maybe worse, or maybe he just took it the wrong way. Right. So this is what Grasso had to say um, in, I guess it was a local interview maybe in Rhode Island or something like that, but this is what he had to say. I guess I'm going to give an honest reaction. We gave them five opportunities to cancel the game. They wanted to play it. We asked to move the date five times because we felt the same way they were coming up quarantine. They asked to play it. They wanted to play us. We should have beat them at their place. If that's going to be their excuse, so be it. But now, now I got angry because we had this conversation with them a dozen times about moving the date back. They decided not to move it. I know I'm not supposed to say that. He's all fame coach. I'm a nobody. But the reality is 
We tried to change the date. We gave them the opportunity to change the date. They decided not to. They decided to play because of that. Is that the reason we should have beat them? Uh, if, if they want to use that as an excuse, they can. But we came up here and we should have beat Syracuse at Syracuse. Okay. Well, first of all, coulda, woulda, shoulda. Okay, I'm sorry. Right. Um, you know, that's not what happened. You had two opportunities at the end of the game to win that game, and it didn't happen. First of all, and, and look, um, he says they a lot too. So who is they? Because the same they could be the same they Bayheim's talking about. Is it the Syracuse yeah. Athletic Department? Because because no. who, who is, is they? Is it health department or health <laughs> officials? Is it... The conference, you know, yeah. who in the school is, you know, communicating with the other people in the school. And, of course, the kids want to play. Of course, the way that the season ended last year and everything with, you know, coronavirus 2020, these kids want to get out there and they want to play. And I don't even think, again, I think that this is getting – I think this is just – and I don't – I'm not banging on specific people in the media, but just media in general nowadays. I think they're just – they try to push some type of story to try to get – just get stories made up. Um, I don't think this was ever a shot at Bryant, and I don't think that that was ever, oh, it's using it as excuse. I think that Jim Beheim purely used this as a, this, these COVID protocols make zero sense. Right, which we'll and, get into. And, and because of these things, we probably should have canceled the game. But there's probably reasons why they didn't. Obviously, the health department said they could. Obviously, the kids want to play. You don't want to tell them they can't play. Push it back. Um, and I think that a lot of the things that were said and said in obviously with passion and emotion, cause obviously he's their, their basketball coaches and, and that's what they are. But, um, I think a lot of it, again, I think a lot of that energy that Jim Beheim, it wasn't towards Bryant or it wasn't towards himself or the school or whoever are playing. It was just the fact of how frustration. It yeah. And it shouldn't happen that way. Right. Should, they should have been, his whole point is they should have been able to practice. So he's making a bigger deal about the fact that, oh, we didn't practice for 14 days exactly. because of this whole quarantine yeah. thing. And now the, the media wants to spin it as, oh, well, he's using it as an excuse. So let's go over here and talk to this coach and see, you know, and again, you and that's use not it Matt Park, to be clear. One anyway. No, it's not. But I'm saying I'm saying whoever, whoever framed the question yeah. to him, to the coach Gr- Gr- Grasso or Grosso or whatever his name is, um, whoever framed the question to him, he's nobody, you know, and obvious and obviously with him being a head basketball coach and being passionate and thinking that his team had, I mean, they just, they had a great chance to win. So obviously he was probably frustrated too. So he's just, you know, Hey, if, if he wanted to do this and again, and he's, and he said some things and who knows how much the head coaches actually really know when it comes down to the going back and forth of that anyway, yeah, you know, it, Beheim's the type of guy that's like, Hey, you tell us that we're going to play. All right. We're going to show up and play. Right. And first of all, I mean, coach took a hundred percent of the blame. If you listen to the, here, here's the thing, here's the thing. So I I listened to um, I saw all this and and I just kept kept it kind of to myself until I listened. I actually waited and waited and waited for the press conference to be published to YouTube, and that's the first thing I did is went and watched that press conference before I even made any kind of reaction or text anybody or anything. In that press conference, he blames himself a hundred percent, takes all of the blame numerous times has high praise for Bryant as a great basketball team. And, and, and so my thing is, is with, you know, I think Grasso is telling the truth. I'm not calling anybody here a liar. They probably did ask him if they wanted to cancel, but who's they again? We don't know. Um, 
I'd love to hear the exact quote all the way through. I don't think we will. I don't think it was recorded. Uh, you know, I think Beheim at the very least, uh, he cleared up the frustration, his halftime frustration during the presser, and we'll get into all that. I don't, I don't blame Grasso, as I said, um, because it just depends on the way the quote was presented to him. And we don't know how right. it was presented to him, right? And we don't know exactly right. if it was read word for word or if he's just saying, you know, because there were some Syracuse media, too, that said that still said the next day that coach said he wanted to cancel the game at halftime. That's not what coach said. So no. anyway, um, you know, he's talking about excuses. And I mean, I don't know what excuse there is for winning a game by one point. But I think what Beheim was, was saying is he regrettably put those kids in a bad spot because he didn't realize it until it was too late that basically, you know, well, this is a bigger deal than I thought it was going to be. The conditioning mm-hmm. is just basically not not there, and there's no cohesion on defense. And he always lets his offense kind of create for themselves, so it was a little bit more fluid there. But you know, um, to be fair to coach, and I'm not a special apologist for coach. I'm just calling. I'm really, I'm really, I really feel like I'm calling it like I see it. I think, I think things boiled over before coach really got to. I don't even know if coach coach knew at, at the presser what was even going on. Because all that was going on at the same time, right? And and, and so there's when, some and when, there's some parts of some of his quotes from his presser where you could leave some things out and make it sound bad, you know? Because he did bring up the rescheduling and the this, this, and that. But I believe they were talking more about they couldn't come up with a date. So again, it's it's a situation where you go back and forth where maybe they were trying to reschedule Brian, and then maybe Syracuse was looking at the dates. And again, neither coaches, somebody else in the background, right? And they're looking at the dates like, oh, well, this isn't going to match up. Oh, this isn't going to match up. Heck, you know, whatever. Okay, we're just going to play the game because right. we don't want to lose it or something like that, right? So again, you lose one game or you just you go and play, and obviously you're not going to want to tell the kids they can't play. And um, again, that, that whole thing at halftime, again, it's just I don't see how you can – people take things so literally – you know? know, yeah, he was frustrated. They were losing. They weren't looking good. He realized that he put, had put them in a bad spot, and he came he out. Felt, and he probably said, felt well, bad. Maybe I probably, maybe I probably should have canceled the game. You heard, but it be- didn't mean that he wasn't trying to literally like cancel the game in the middle. You know, he was just at that point he was having an honest moment of, well, maybe we shouldn't have done this. Maybe you shouldn't have done. It. Maybe I should have said something, right? Maybe I put him in them in a bad position. I think that's all that was. It's an honest moment of we should have canceled the game, but here we are, right? Yeah. So I don't know. It, 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 I think it's water and the bridge now. It's over with, but it, it was, it overshadowed the game for the most part. In my opinion, it's not an excuse for playing poor. I think it's it, it, I, he knows why they played poor. The excuse is, isn't canceling the game. If they would have lost, now it sounds like an excuse, right? Now right. it sounds like sour grapes, right? But mm-hmm. but they won. So it's, right. it's not an excuse, but anyway, um, on to the game. Um, I didn't I didn't put together a whole good, bad, and ugly, ugly for this. Obviously, the defense needs work, and I'm just going to chalk that up to what we had just talked about with the practice leading up to this game. For now, I think they had one practice in 12 days or something like that. We keep hearing the 14-day thing, but I think there was a, one practice in 14 days, something like that. So we'll see how things get rolling um, with with this. If 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 as long as we don't have to go over these these coronavirus protocol hiccups here and there, um, once consistency's right. been been you know established uh Sadibi left the 
game with a leg injury only four minutes into the game. Uh, the broadcasters never mentioned it. Like he never, like he wasn't even there, which was f- totally frustrating. I, frustrating. I got that off of Twitter during the game. Uh, he went for an MRI on the, the night of the game, Friday night, but we're not going to know the severity until Monday, according to our boy James Zuba over at Noons. Um, you know, and I just, you know, you. You got to just feel for Sadibi, man. Oh, my gosh, with the injuries. And um, the first game of the season, you know, and um, we'll know tomorrow. But, man, my, uh, my thoughts and prayers are, are, are with him. Hoping, I'm hoping that he can play. And we see the lineup if he doesn't play right. Um, you heard Coach was asked in the press conference, um, he asked what he needed to see from Anselm and Edwards, and he replied, anything. Okay, so he's yeah. he's seeing these guys in practice. He doesn't feel their game ready, and we'll get into that a little bit later too. So um, yeah. you, you see, the lineup is what it is now. Obviously, Joe Girard was a disappointment during the game. I do think, obviously, that Joe is better than that. I don't think we're going to see, but he has had stints of this, and they mostly came at the beginning of last year. So we'll see what happens. What was he two for fourteen? But he did hit clutch shots, though. Joe did hit two clutch threes. Really, when it mattered, um, yeah. so you got to give him credit for that. The Gary A. Griffin start was kind of a toss-up leading up to this game. Either way, it went. I didn't think it was going to be a surprise, but we saw that Gary A. got the start over Griffin. Griffin, though, man, what a freaking player! Fourteen points, three assists, twelve boards, helped Syracuse end up plus four on the day. Griffin is—he's—he's he's going to be a stud, and he doesn't have to try to dunk everything, but it would be cool if he did. Okay, <laughs> I'm just going to say it was that was amazing, and he had another one. Well, they, he had another one that he launched probably a foot before he should have. That would have been another amazing dunk. Hit the front of the rim. But, uh, you, you know, um, the short amount of time that Kadari Richmond played Joe, uh, I thought he was impressive. Three three rebounds, five points. Unfortunately, he had three quick fouls and was put back on the bench. He'll learn from that. He got the old glare. So, the way at 2020, Joe, as we've seen in Syracuse sports, the whole COVID thing bites us again. I think, in my opinion, that's what you chalk this up to on defense. I'm going to do that for now anyway, uh, because because I have no other reason to believe different, um, you know, this time with the quarantine stuff. But um, I don't know. What do you think the decision to play was was an overlook of this Bryant team? Where would you think? Let's just be fair here. Let's just have a conversation. Was the was the decision to play to be like, ah, oh, it's just Bryant, you know, whatever. Um, yeah, I mean, we won't know. But, right. but to me, I mean, they're a little bit better than than. People probably think, especially at this point too, right now. Uh, I thought again, we, they I thought about, we did a good job in the preview of Bryant to explain that they they've got some talent on that team. Like they're pretty good. Uh, yeah, Sean, they obviously are. Uh, they have some guys that we talked about came from Power Five schools and been in better schools, transferred. Um, talked about the coach and everything and how he's turning that program around. Do feel for uh, Melo Eggleston, uh, their their big guy there. He was playing an all right game for him. Uh, your only other guy, I think that's a six eight. Um, but to me, it looks like he did something to his Achilles. And when you fall like that and you go down, usually it's a ruptured Achilles or something like that. And you, that's probably season ending um, for him. So that's probably going to be a tough break for them. But uh, against the zone, and I guess that's the one thing too. When you really look at the type of team they have, uh, with one big guy that's you know powerful can rebound down low, but not as tall, right? But a bunch of guards three-point shooters, stuff like that. They move the ball around um, very well. Green penetrated and kicked like you're supposed to against two, three zones. Oh, they, um, they destroyed the zone. Yeah, 
and again, those type of teams, it's all about matchups, right? Uh, those type of teams, they give our, they give us problems. And if we're not obviously in the greatest of shape or we lose a couple guys or we don't have two weeks straight of practice, then a team like this can come in and definitely give you a scare. And that's obviously what you saw. So yeah. a win's a win, but um, it'd be interesting to see how Bryant is throughout the rest of the year and, and in their conference. You might oh. be looking at a team that could help as far as, I mean, again, maybe not help, but a team that could be looking at an NCAA tournament bid. And this is what we talked about, you know, was a show or two ago about, about, um, watching the teams that beat us. Now, obviously, Brian didn't beat us, but they came damn close. And let's be honest, you were puckered up. I asked you about half to three-quarters of the way through that game if you were nervous. like, ah, oh, blah, 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 blah. So, No, you asked me if I was nervous, and then Buddy Beheim hit two threes in a row, and I said, not anymore. Oh, that's that's but, right. That's right. Because it took the lead. But, yeah, um, yeah that, that game, obviously, to, to have to have your five best guys – Play with. I mean, Garrier had 33, Dolajai 37, Beheim 37, Gerard 34, Alan Griffin 38 minutes. Um, to have them have to do that the first, the first game um, without any practice, one practice in 14 days, whatever it was. Yeah, that's that's tough. Then losing to eBay, um, obviously, Kadari Richmond uh, made some mistakes, but you did see a little bit of that defense, the steal, and stuff like that. So uh, I think we'll be all right. I think uh, Kadari Richmond looked great. I really love, obviously, like this goes without saying, right? The fan favorite is, besides Robert Braswell, is is Mark Dolajai, man. He is just amazing. (laughs) Every game, he just amazes me. I just love the dude. And, you know, I don't know if he's going to keep that bulk on him during the play, uh, you know, through the grind of the season, but... Obviously, he's a little bit bigger, but just as a it wasn't fantastic. It was as noticeable as Sidibe's. No, it wasn't. Sidibe was jacked, I mean, for what yeah. he was last year, right? Right, yeah. yeah. So yeah. he looked like he was ready to come in and have a good year. I hope that it's not the end of it. Uh, yeah, Mark, I mean, he had nine assists, five steals, stepped into the center, you know, the center uh, spot. I think he could have had, he had 20 points. Six too, rebounds. Had, yeah, and he could have had more. Uh, he had so many chippies that he missed. Little I know. finger roll and let's, the rim block. Let's be honest. I mean, everybody participated in the Miss Bunnies because, uh, <laughs> yeah. I mean, it was very reminiscent of last year and the problems that Shouldn't they had at the rim. Yeah. So many easy buckets. I think they outscored us in the paint. They did. They did. They did. I think it was Trump. 36 to 34 to 26 or 32 to 26, something like that. It was, yeah. We, but yes, they did outscore us in the paint. So, um, all right. Well, look, we're gonna we're gonna go on to play Niagara on December third. I think this says it's seven p.m. RSN, whatever the hell RSN is. I guess keep 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 your eyes peeled, probably to noons or any of those places. But I think noons really releases the how to watch thing um, that I see the most. Anyway, so right. you probably ESPN Plus would be my guess at the very least or the worst case scenario so yeah, we're, most likely we're, we're going to do that pre-game i want to get into fan feedback and then i want to get into what coach kind of had to say about the covid protocols and i'm going to do that at the end because if you want to listen you can listen and if you don't then obviously you can tune out but i do think that it is worth listening um because i think it kind of explains some of his frustrations 
As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills. The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows firsthand how VR training platforms like ForgeFX can help meet the demand for skilled workers. Anywhere you go look, there's going to be a shortage of welders. VR training can help welding students learn the skills they need to begin and advance in their career. The beauty of virtual reality is it simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Explore more stories like Alex's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, achy joints, weight gain. Maybe you're thinking they're all just part of getting older. Or that's what your doctor tells you. But Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all be connected. Hormonal changes that happen during perimenopause and menopause are at the root of dozens of symptoms women experience, not just hot flashes. Midi specializes in compassionate care for women in menopause. Their solutions are safe, effective and FDA-approved. Plus, they're covered by insurance. A convenient telehealth visit with a MIDI clinician can be your first step to getting personalized care. They'll tailor a treatment plan for your symptoms and health history, so you can get back to feeling great. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. When your body changes, your care should, too. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com like Joe was trying to say um, with his halftime quote and just the frustrations of the game. So anyway, I think it was over. If anything was overlooked, it was the preparedness having to go through quarantine. That's what was overlooked. So uh, top fan, Daryl, our boy, Daryl, um, <clears throat> he says, first of all, first of all, he, he, he uh, recognizes himself as a top fan, which is, I mean... I don't know. I would too. He's got the badge. You know, <laughs> go, go ahead and put it out there. Top fan, Daryl, first of all, I don't want to hear about conditioning. The offense looked absolutely terrible. I disagree on the offense. It took him a minute to get going, but um, anyway. Uh, same as last year, entirely too many threes and not enough driving into the lanes from the guards. The defense was absolutely sickening. Joe and Buddy looked just as bad today as they did all last year, defending shooters from the top of the zone, slow and flat. I'm sure that offense will figure it out, but I hope this isn't going to be another season of chucking up threes and not driving to create some better shots. Mark is a senior now. How in the hell does he continue to commit stupid fouls? <laughs> oh, oh, and how does a team miss so many damn outback 
Oh, putbacks or layups. Yeah. Uh, Again, don't blame conditioning because this team did this exact crap all last year while they were conditioned. Okay. Some good points there. And we did talk about the putbacks. But Mark is just aggressive. That's why he fouls. He just can't help himself. No, he, yeah. he just can't help himself. Remember, I mean, I you know, he always points to himself or raises his hand. He knows it. He's oh, got to get. Yeah. He, uh, yeah, he's got to get better with it. But yeah, the Joe and Buddy thing, man. I mean, defending the shooters. My God, how much longer do we have to deal with the speed of these two getting out? And I mean, it's just one of the. It's one of the the most frustrating things to watch. And the way Bryant dismantled the zone, if they don't fix this and start to get better, everybody is going to have a field day. And um, are you drinking a 40? What the hell do you got there, brother? Damn, son. Got it's this. a 25 ounce. It's oh, 25 okay. Ounce. 25? What do you get? Nah. Buy 24, get one free? I don't know. <laughs> I don't even know what store I got it. It's been that kind of weekend. That's his, that's his fourth one, too. No, so. it's not. <laughs> Hey, he, hey, look, he, he he played 37 minutes. Yeah. Didn't follow out, right? No, he, he didn't follow out. He had four, yeah. So he's going to have to get better now, especially yeah. if Sidibe's out. Some so. great, but, great. I mean, I do understand what, what Daryl's actually, you know, what he's saying when you really look at the chuck-in and everything. Between Alan Griffin, Joe Girard, well, let's just do, well, no, Alan Griffin, Joe Girard, and Buddy Beheim, they were, what, 7, 9 to 29? Behind the arc? I mean, behind the arc, three-pointers, yeah. It's three players shot 29 threes. Um, you know, Bobby B, he had a couple, uh, a couple, couple open ones that he Man, couldn't. if he hits one of those, he doesn't get benched for the rest of the game. Yep. They were open. He was open. One for, yeah. Kadari Richmond went one for one, and uh, Quincy went 0 for 2. Oh, Bobby B. So, Bobby B. Daryl, some B. great points in there. Thank you, buddy. Top fan, Daryl. Appreciate you on that. So, well done. All right, um, Pat, Patrick. We're gonna do. I think we're gonna do Patrick in Twitter. So, Giovanni, our boy Giovanni here. Giovanni calling the games, by the way. And get this, Joe. I asked if I could call a game with him. How do you think that's gonna go? He's calling these games on YouTube Live. So. No. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'm gonna give it a shot this year. What do you think? Go ahead, man. I'm not doing... I need, co- I need a video to laugh at. <laughs> after, I, after I was like, yeah, dude, do, can I come and do one with you? I would love to do one with you, man, just for the, just for the fun of it. And he's like, yeah. I'm like, oh, crap. But I'm going to do it. It's going to be fun. <laughs> I, said, I said, I can't do football, man. I can't sit there for three hours. I'll do a basketball game. I'll do an ACC game. All right. Gio says, a win is a win. Gary A is very good at rebounding. We can score. I'd like to see less threes and more penetration, uh, to Daryl's point. Alan Griffin, alley-oop, was insane, and he rebounded very well. Gerard was disappointing. We won, but it's frustrating, and we could make— it was frustrating that we couldn't make a stop defensively for most of the game. Go Orange, as always. I'm trying to be a number one fan since Sean called me out. Well, Gio, you got a lot of work to do, buddy, because— I don't see that badge there. Um, yeah, he kind of he kind of touched on what what you know Daryl touched on there, which is a lot of what I've I saw in fan feedback. Actually, you know, um, how about the alley oop though? 
The so. tomahawk alley. That was beautiful. That's what made like when he made that. I was stunned because it was like quiet in the really, dome. <laughs> well, that yeah, but also just the fact that he had already what missed a couple, a couple dunks where yeah, he well, he was dribbling and you know yeah. what I mean. Like he already had the ball in possession and he kind of got stuffed by the rim or missed it. Yeah, and then, and he gets, then he gets that one and reaches back and then just puts it down. Just yeah, it was puts a great it down dunk. perfectly. Just beautiful. I think he's going to be a stud. I can't wait to watch him grow um, as an orange and and just have him be like one of our guys. Like really, because you know, as being a transfer, like I think that he was at the wrong the, orange. Yeah, he was at the wrong orange. That's right. The way that the orange fan base embraces people that become orange, even especially like I mean. Really transfers too. Any anybody that becomes orange, the way we treat these guys, you know, we just, you know, welcome to the family, man. Basically, he's orange now. He's the right orange, and he's going to be awesome. He really is. Yeah, and I know I understand. Great, great debut. Yeah, and and back to my point about the dome. Like I said to I said to my wife, I'm like, it is a shame that there is nobody there to lose their crap. In that in that dome over that because it would have been rocking. We I think more so after watching that game more so with basketball than football does the crowd make a difference because Bryant isn't just skating through that whole game, you know right. during the comeback and all of that in the in the second half it's a totally di- different atmosphere. Yeah, and like I said before, you, it's it's basically neutral court. It sucks. It sucks. I am like, I've had it up to, throughout my ears with it. I yeah. just, I just. And your brother want even to be said normal. about the Duke game yesterday. He was like, he can't watch he's it. He's like, well, he did, but he just said it's just like completely different. It's just weird without it's anybody terrible. in the. In, it's sad, you know. And you know they didn't pump in fake crowd noise. I think there's an ambiance sound, but there's no cheering. Uh, pumped into the dome for well, I watched a lot of basketball this weekend. I didn't notice any pumped in um, yeah. cheering. It was a, more of an ambiance. Anyways, just 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 to um, have these guys miss that opportunity of throwing down a tomahawk alley oop like that and not being able to feed off the fans was it's just it's just sucks. Um, Alex. Joe couldn't hit the broadside of a barn, but I think Dole played his butt off, and he looks bigger. Absolutely, um, he always is. You're always going to get 100 percent from Mark. Period. Always. Oh, yep. um, Nate says the lack of practice in exhibition games was evident, but it's still a W, and that's all that counts at the end of the season. You know, like Donna says here, a win is a win. Gerard had a bad game, but defense needs to improve. Love watching Dolezal play. Um, a win is a win, man. That's all that it comes down to at the end of the day, and that's all that matters. Um, and I think we can, we can, you know, I'll hold my, my keep my powder dry on the defense until we get a couple more of these games in with some practice. Uh, yeah. At Tony Staffieri on Twitter, the defense will get picked on all week, but that continuous lack of offense adjustment and creativity each year is a product of stubbornness and complacency. Um, I just think that that's how Jim Beheim's always really run his offense. They don't do a whole lot of offensive sets. They more or less create for themselves. Is that a good thing or a bad thing? I don't know. Maybe there needs to be more structure, Joe. I mean, what do you think? I, I Again, uh, I think he looks at it as 
I mean, he's a Hall of Fame coach, Olympic coaching coach. Um, you know, I, I don't you don't get to where you are if you don't know what you're doing or where he is if you don't know where you do, what you're doing. So really for any of us to question, I mean, you can question it all you want. And some type of play is, is more boring to others. And some people, you know, like to be, you know, the armchair quarterbacks or coaches. But um, again, who am I to tell him how to do anything? It's just always <laughs> the basketball. I, yeah, well, I mean, it's just always kind of been like create your own, create your own room and create your own magic. Um, at Mahirio underscore ten is back. Welcome back, Mahir. Um, look, must not be a football fan, I guess. Uh, just let's just ignore everything else that happened and focus on Alan Griffin. Loved what I saw for him. Absolutely thought he was outstanding. Enough can't be said about that in his debut. Uh, yep. At Cot Two BGD. Too early to panic. Jim will get him moving in the right direction over the next few games. Absolutely. That's where I'm at. At Kyle Nabawaniak, uh, Kadari was good. Happy to see promise, promising things in his first college minutes. Game balls go to Mark and Quincy. Both were gutsy down the stretch. Uh, yeah, we didn't talk a lot about Gary A., Joe. Uh, he got the start, and he played, he played a fantastic game. No, he didn't. Did he? Gary A.? Yeah. He played a pretty oh, good yeah. game. What do yeah, you mean? He's got he, he, he no, had twelve saying, rebounds. I forgot. Few... I forgot that he got the start. I thought Alan Griffin started. Oh start. my bad. Oh no. Yeah, that was like I said in the beginning of 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 talking about this. It was kind of a toss up going into the game, who was going to get that start. That was the only spot we were wondering about, right? Uh, turns out Gary A gets gets the start. Twelve rebounds, fifteen points, and um, two steals. Just you know, I, I look for the Gary A to be. You know, you've got. A couple guys that really we were looking forward to in the preseason, right? Gary A was one of them, right? Because yeah. of his injury last year. And we saw the flashes of what could be. I mean, he could be, and he was picked, what was it, two years ago to be a, a 25, 25th round pick? Yeah, something like that. So, yeah. um, you know, we'll see what he can do this year. I don't know if he goes on a run. If he has a lot of games like this, he may be gone. Who knows? Well, he had a great second half. Uh, he didn't really seem. I mean, if you remember, he got pulled pretty quick, and Alan Griffin got put in there um, early. Uh, but that second half, Gary A., he was in there getting rebounds, putbacks. Uh, I mean, I feel like he was the one that was kind of keeping us in the game until we hit a couple threes. Uh, but, yeah, him and Griffin both have twelve, both had 12 rebounds, and we only had 47 as a team. So, I mean, they got half, half our rebounds. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I love I love seeing Gary A do good. I love well, I love seeing all these guys do good. But after his struggles last year, um, absolutely good to see. At Oil Cuse, Joe and Buddy are the worst defensive guards we've we've had in forever. Allen is good. Quincy looked decent. Richmond should have more playing have, should have played more. Worried about the center position again. Yeah, we're all worried about the center position right now. As we mentioned, um, we'll find out about that mostly tomorrow. But I think they're going to be okay at the end of the day. It's not ideal. Obviously, we'd rather have Sadibi, But I do think that between Anselm and Edwards, one of those guys is going to be the one to step up at least for a little bit. Because they're going to be what's, – what's Mark? 6'10"? Yeah, he does good in there. Like you heard coach say, you know, he does more defensive things in there than than some of the other guys. But um, yeah, but we have options, right? So we do. even John John Bolzak, uh, 
not even in really the heard. not even in the conversation though. Right, that's what they said though, right? So, yeah. um and Jesse Edwards did play last year. So, but I know he had some issues with getting back over here from the Netherlands during this whole COVID thing and everything. I don't think he got the same full off season. So, I think he's still trying to get back into it and uh, obviously Anselm being uh being a, a freshman um and I believe he reclassed too. So, I think he's a young freshman. Um and uh, it's just going to take time, obviously, just like anything else. Um, this has happened before. We've seen this where, you know, there's guys on the on the bench but um, that really aren't ready or Bayheim's not ready to put in. But then there's an injury and it forces his hand. So now we got to get some somebody better. And there's going to be some competition and somebody's going to get some minutes, especially when we get into ACC play with the bigger bodies. Well, yeah. I mean, in, in competition is always the best thing. To oh, yeah. bring out the best in people, and, and I'll tell you what too, Kadari Rich. If Kadari Richmond, if he can get it right as far as if he can click and him not make as many mistakes, um, if Joe keeps you know shooting the ball like that and mm-hmm. the defense isn't good, mm-hmm. I mean you never know. We've seen Beheim do this before to guards, mm-hmm. um, and I mean Joe Girard came in and, and took Dalen Carey's job just last year, right? Yep. So it can happen. And yeah. you saw you saw flashes of his defense. I liked his size and his speed, and uh, that would give you a really good top defensive line. And, and if he ends up getting to where maybe some people think he could be, um, it might be a situation where he's out there and it's Buddy and Joe switching back and forth. And Joe coming off the bench is like a shooter. What, what do you say to, to Captain Patrick's point about them being, uh, you know, pretty – pretty lackluster on the defensive end. Like, like we saw a lot of that last year as far as Joe Ooh, yeah. and Buddy closing out. Yeah. And, and they, 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 and they in cl- lanes and yeah. stuff like that. Yeah. yeah. They collapse too easy. The whole thing just is a mess sometimes. But um, what was the other point? Uh, Richmond should have played more Patrick. Well, I think the three fouls that quick, how many minutes do you play Joe? I don't have the minutes. Kadari nine. Richmond, nine minutes, three fouls in nine minutes. That's that's almost Sadibi level, okay? So he, as a freshman in the first game of the season, he's going to get yanked, he's going to get sat, and and that's going to be that. And you can criticize coach for not putting him in for Gerard. Um, Gerard obviously struggled. Would I have liked to have seen it? Yes, but like coach said in, in his press conference, I would recommend. We're about to go over the rest of his press conference, but I would recommend sitting through the 24 minutes of it and yes. and um, just just to get a feel for exactly the whole perspective of that of that game and everything leading up to that game I think it would be worth your while to go and listen to it so let's move on from that we'll get we'll come back here with the pregame for Niagara at the same time we do the pregame for Notre Dame this week a little bit later but Let's take a listen to what Coach had to say about some of the quarantine protocols, COVID protocols, if you will, uh, leading up to the game. Tons of football teams had positive guys this year. Tons of them. And they played the games. If it's too many, then they didn't play. The Big Ten's got a good rule. Two, one or two guys, they test the whole team. If the rest of the team is okay, they play. If three guys test positive, then they think that's a problem, and they sit the whole team. But one guy or two guys, I mean, we've got to do something about this now 
or the season will be destroyed. Because if you have your team sit for four, 14 days and you can't practice, you can't play. You can't come off that and play Virginia, Duke, North Carolina. You can't play. You would need seven or eight days to even get close to being ready to play. So they're either going to have to get their arms around this, figure this out. I wear this thing every day. I wore it today. The chip keeps track of how close I am with every coach and every player. And we play in the ACC. Our players will have them. ACC players will have them. They'll know exactly how much time they were next to a player. So if a guy tests positive from a team we play, they look at the record and they'll say, well, he was next to Joe for 10 minutes. It's still not 15 or 20. And he was next to the rest of the players for two minutes. All right, and he goes on, and you should probably just take a listen to that for yourselves. But, he, you know, the his point is that the rules – are just so different. Gonzaga had had a positive test. They just sat him out. So, Joe, I mean, like the confusion for me and you, I think, as well, is first of all, the audio for the press conference sucks. And that's not our audio. That's a, that's that's the audio from the press conference. But right. the um the the question really is is what whose rules are we following? Are we following county rules in Syracuse? Are we following school rules? Are we following ACC rules? Are we following state rules? What rules right. are we following? It's mm, a great question. <laughs> I have no idea. I wish that they would have clarified it a little more, but obviously, again, um, it doesn't make sense. Uh, a lot of it doesn't make sense. Uh, no, to when you really to, no. When you really look at everything logically, when you put things in, you put all these other things in place. So that you, you so that you don't have to sit out fourteen days, right? Like that's the whole point of that social distancing thing, right? Uh, I mean, right. when I I'm at work and we wear masks and all this other stuff, and if somebody tests positive with COVID, then they go back to oh contact tracing. Who works alongside these people for long amounts of time? You you and get you also get, get you also get your temperature taken every morning. I also get my temperature taken every morning as well. Yes. So, but only the people that they are specifically around for a certain amount of time have to go home and quarantine themselves for like three or four days to make sure that they don't have any symptoms or they have to go get a test. If somebody gets a positive test, like that's how it works. It's not the whole company shuts down because one person gets COVID. Right. So, um, same thing with the NFL, same thing with even Gonzaga over, in the Western uh, Coast Conference. So you know it's not an NCAA rule. Right. So. Well, you know, whose rule is this? Whose rule is this? Whose rule is it to have to space out the chairs on the sideline and wear masks, but then take them off and get into the game and swap mustard? Who, who's, who's, whose rule is that? And then when you go sit back down, you got to put the mask back on. Well, Paul, like, the the point of the point of most of it is it's anybody, and again, it's like a, it's like a time period. If you're within a close contact of a certain amount of time, then that counts as like some type of you know 
contact tracing. So if something does happen, then that person is supposed to quarantine. So it's more of a time thing. So they spread it out on the, on the outside of it because, um, you're not close enough to anybody in quarters so that if you, one of those people actually do test positive, then the people on the bench won't have to quarantine themselves. If that makes any sense. So the way they spread that out in a way, again, again, yes, I'm right there with you as far as like, yes, you're doing this and then you're out there and got, I mean, you could get, you I mean, you could swap blood, sweat. I mean, you could all this stuff in games like this. So, um, Obviously, you know, it doesn't make sense to me. I'm just trying to make sense of it based upon some of the protocols in my work that I've seen and, and what I'm trying to what I'm seeing from from Beheim. But I guess his whole point is, is if you're going to do that, if you're going to wear the chips and have all the contact tracing and do you actually use the science and use the technology to see who you could have possibly, you know, passed the virus on to, um, then use it. And if it doesn't affect everybody, then don't make everybody else pay for it, right? Um, otherwise, why do it? Otherwise, don't wear the chips. Don't do the social distancing. And if somebody gets tested positive, then everyone just sits out, right? Yeah. I, mean, I guess that's where Jim Beheim is, is that you're doing all the you're – you're following the protocol. But at the end of the day, if the finality of it is, is that still everybody has to sit out or quarantine for 14 days and you can't practice – then what are you doing all that stuff for in the first place? So I was reading something that um, I'm not trying to get into the weeds, but rationalground.com. And it was saying that um, this is like a data analysis and they, they do a lot of the COVID data analysis, right? Right. So um, when someone's testing positive, they're not really, te- they're, they're, they're testing for the SARS COVID two virus. Okay. Which may or may not be active is an infectious uh, on the infectious end. They're not really testing for COVID-19, which is what we're see. And this is where all of the, all, this is where everything gets convoluted. Right. And, and I don't know if there's a way to test for COVID-19. Maybe, maybe not. Is this why some of these are asymptomatic and not as bad? Like we, we don't know. Right. So just to be clear though, that just cause, I guess even just in in coach's case, just because he tested positive didn't even mean that he had COVID nineteen. Could have had COVID, uh, SARS CoV two, whatever, <laughs> right? No. So yeah, uh, um, you know, it's just the whole. And he was asymptomatic, and he was asymptomatic, and he's seventy six years old, right? Right. So, and I know there are some studies out there that say that asymptomatic people can't even spread it. Asymptomatic so, people, there's data that shows asymptomatic people can't, they're not going to be super spreaders. Like if you get some right. asymptomatic people around, it's not going to be like, it, it, obviously, look, my, you, you're, you are, when you have symptoms, that is the worst time to be around someone. If you're around yes. someone with symptoms. Okay. Mm-hmm. So if everybody's getting their temperature taken or what have you going into the game, this was my argument with having families for senior night. Right. Get your temperature taken. That's why they do it at your work, right? If if mm-hmm. if no, oh, yeah. If, if, you have, if they thought if I have it, a temperature, they'd send you home. Right. And if they thought it was worthless, they wouldn't do it to begin with. They're protecting their business. Okay. Right. It's in their best interest to do that, right? So if you don't have a temperature, that means you're either asymptomatic or you don't have symptoms or you don't have it at all. Um, and chances are it's not going to get spread through your facility. You have, what, two, 300 people that work in, in that facility that you're at? 
yeah, uh, yeah, at least. Has it been? Has it been? Has it been? Uh, has there ever been an issue with it just spreading through there? Because you've had a lot of positive tests. No, see, the thing is, is, is again, usually if someone has the symptoms and they go home, and then when they get tested, if they test positive then that's when they go to the contact tracing. And then, so a lot of time there has been people that have missed work, but a lot of it is just because they work in a, on a Bubble. team where a somebody team. had COVID. Sure. Right. Right. And then they usually sit out for three or four days, make sure there's no symptoms that come up. If they get symptoms, they go get tested and stuff like that. So we've had quite a few people have to go home for, you know, two, three, four days um, before they get cleared back, but it hasn't been like a widespread Everybody has COVID and everybody's getting sick and stuff like that. And, and don't and look, this is not, I'm not downplaying this. This is no, this, this thing is deadly. It, um, it spreads worse than most, um, well, it spreads worse than the flu that's proven. And it spreads right. worse than even, you know, a lot of other things, obviously. But, um, what I'm saying is, is that as far as, as far as the sports go to coach Bayheim's point is that, you have to be more rational and more realistic with the protocols because it's not going to work. Simply right. not going to work. That's right. it. Coach is saying no. you can't have a season like this. It's not going to work. And an incredible percentage of asymptomatic cases. And on top with of the, that, with the yes. age group, with the age group that we're dealing with with the kids, virtually no issues. Like almost. Statistically speaking, zero issues. So I, I, again, my thing is, is I get the protocols and I get everything that we're doing. I think the temperatures are huge. I think Walt Disney World relies on temperature taking. Disney World, <laughs> that's what they rely on. They don't require mm -hmm. a positive or, ne or excuse me, a negative test. Same with Hershey Park. I did it. I was at Hershey Park. They took your temperature yep. every day when you go in. I think yep. the temperature taking is crucial. I do. So right. maybe we shift towards that. Or maybe they do that now. But at the end of the day, something needs to be done with the length, the quarantine thing. You can't have right. one, two people on a team test positive. And coach says, well, at three, you know, they think it's an issue. Well, maybe three, it's not an issue. Because in, right. in the NFL, which these, you know, these guys are older, obviously, they're not doing that. <laughs> They're Denver played a quarterback today. <laughs> so, I no, they're I not think doing the, that at all. The Raiders have, like, I think they have, like, they've had, like, 15 COVID issues. I think they've got a bunch out right now. There's yeah. a handful on a lot of teams. You know, we've, we've seen the news in the NFL. And uh, like Coach said in the press conference earlier, they're not catching this stuff on the field, to your point, Joe, about the amount of time that they're, get, they're together in an area. Look, take temperatures. Let's play the game. I don't, you know, either that or then just forget it. Well, yeah. Oh, yeah. And that's the thing. And Coach Mayheim said, that, and I think his whole point was that my, my whole team and staff had to quarantine for 14 days and not practice. And I wear this chip and I'm not around somebody for more than a minute and 15 seconds, a minute and 20 seconds. So if we're doing this social distancing and we're doing this, following this protocol that's supposed to keep, then why does it affect everybody else? The whole, the whole point of it is, is that so that there's no contract chasing you. There's no, there's no, Oh, you were, you were closer to this person. So they're, they're going to quarantine. And it just makes no sense. It's, his whole point is, is that if we're going to have these protocols, then why is everyone else still get punished? I'm around these players for a minuscule amount of time. I got sick. I was asymptomatic. 
these kids suffered because of it. And then overall, our team did. Right. Well, and I, I think, again, right. I think he was mad at himself, but overall mad at just this whole situation because what are you doing the protocols for? Why even do them? If everybody has yeah, to why sit, do we have the why chip? Why even do them? Why do we have why the chip? Why do them? Yeah. Why do we have the chip? Don't even, don't even social distance. Who cares? Yeah, nothing. If everyone's going to have to be quarantined, then who cares? If, if everyone's going to get treated like they have it when one person gets it, then why are you even distancing yourself? I guess to limit it, sim- if I'm playing devil's advocate, to limit it, right? Well, obviously to limit it. I, under, I understand your point, but I mean, you know, people would say, well, to limit it. And, and, and look, um, to, to Coach's point, you know, he wears the chip. They can they can literally track him everywhere he is at the facility. They see how close he is to people. He says he's no more than ten. He's he's no less than ten feet from these kids at practice. Okay, right. so he's not like in a huddle. He's you know they got these coaches screaming from the sidelines. Look, you can't. Come on, come on. They got the coach on the sideline with a mask on, screaming in in the air. I mean, mm. I mean, what what. what? The the refs aren't we- excuse me why aren't the refs wearing masks then? How are you supposed to blow the whistle? Put a hole in it. <laughs> um, look, okay, so the whistle's got a COVID filter. Yes, there you go. Put a HEPA filter on the thing. I don't know. Anyway, <laughs> um, um, this is why we did this at the end because I knew we were going to go down a bit of a rabbit hole. I think moving on though, let's put the icing on on this on this Bryant cake. I don't even uh, think it's really a rabbit hole as much as it's just the truth. It, like, well, it just. At I know. some point, you got to look at something and say this just doesn't make sense, right? But the the, the basketball thing is not making sense. I will say right. this: I think the football stuff. I think the football stuff has been. They've done. I think they've done a great job. Now, is it because that basketball is more sporadic in the scheduling? Maybe that has something to do with it. They play two, three games a week. You know, football's every Saturday. It's a little bit easier when you look at the football schedule. You're able to do that a little bit easier than you are with with um, with basketball, but. Trevor Lawrence tested positive. They still played those two games. You know, it's not like he wasn't around those guys, you know, so um, it's just doesn't make any sense to that to that effect that basketball is this much different. So, like I said in the beginning, when we first started talking about this, we don't know who whose rules we're playing with right now, but they need to be reevaluated because they don't yeah. make any sense. That's the bottom line. That's what Coach is saying, and it's going to make things extremely difficult. It's going to be uh, painstaking for these kids to have to even get through this season if we're using these standards to um, get to play these games because mm. it's going to be a mess. I don't even know how you do it. How do you do it? And not to mention, it's not just Syracuse that's affected. It would have been, let's say Syracuse, let's say Duke has a problem when we go to play Duke. Well, Syracuse can't play that game now. Now what do we do? Right. You, know, you know, it's just a, it's a, it's a, it's a snowball effect, man. Especially in a situation like when Coach said with football, you're talking about one game a week, right? You can play three, four games sometimes in a week in basketball. Yeah, that's what I just so. said. Yeah. So anyway, uh, let's put the cherry on top of this presser though, because Coach came out of the gate with this this presser. It's just I do not know how he tops this presser uh, this I year. I mean, it's he's had great ones. He's had great again, ones. This one he was wasn't pretty good. Him again. To, to if anyone that's still listening, if you're going to go back and listen to this, just know that this isn't a traditional presser, and there weren't too many questions answered, and there was even times when he answered questions before questions were even asked. So. Yeah, like this one. Uh, like this one here. 
Oh, hold on. I'm sorry. Hey, Jim. Uh, I wanted to ask you about the younger centers. Um, we saw Frank for a little bit and Jesse for a little bit. I know you haven't practiced in two weeks, but if you don't have Barama, is one of those guys ahead? And, you know, what do you want to see from them? Anything. And just so you know, Stephen, this isn't football. If one of them doesn't play, you can play whatever you want. But the guys that play here are the guys that I think can help us. And if somebody's not playing, it's because I don't think he can help us. I don't give a shit what you or anybody else thinks or writes. The guys here that are ready to play are going to play. And the other guys are going to watch until I think they're ready to help us. I watch, I read all your stuff during football, okay? Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I get it. I get it. I mean, I'm sorry. That was Stephen I'm sure Bailey. See, I'm sure he didn't poor see that Steve, one coming. Poor but. Stephen Bailey. Man. He just said, <laughs> okay. <laughs> I mean, you don't see that coming. And what else oh are you supposed gosh. to say, right? He, I mean, he came back and said, he's like, I wasn't insinuating that. But obviously. But what's, uh, well, obviously, Coach reads Stephen Bailey's stuff. In he's that he guy. He knows enough to know where he's going. <laughs> he's yeah. that guy sometimes. Yeah, I'm not there's, saying there's, there's anything a, wrong with it. He's reporting things, but he's that guy sometimes. So Stephen Bailey said, with with com, by the way. What QSNation.com, I'm sorry. <laughs> when he said, uh, I've read your stuff and I can see into the future. I'm pretty good at that shit. Yeah, he said, I can see it to the future. I'm pretty good at that shit. Yeah, like <laughs> that killed me, dude. That was so funny. No, so, you know, uh, Coach was not in rare form, really. Because that's coach. and it, That's coach when he's mad like that. Yeah, he was mad. He was frustrated. And uh, golly, man, I love that guy. You, 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 don't, yep. you don't get that. And, I'm, and at Stephen Bailey's expense, I, like, I'm not laughing at that. I'm just at, the, at the, just the, the broad picture of just him going off. Like he was just, he was just, this is coach. He's like, I can't wait for Stephen Bailey to ask me this question. <laughs> <laughs> that's coach because he was like just a, in that um, mood so. yeah it was almost like a wrong place wrong time you know it was like know it, was, it was like when andy katz went to ask him a question he was waiting for andy katz to ask him a question right and that's the disloyal idiot quote that we play at the beginning yeah. at the open and he was waiting for that waiting waiting hey so, you know like i said i mean as as obviously a reporter or somebody you can't be afraid to ask a question or, you know, anything like that. But um, sometimes when you see certain people in certain moods and you know how they might feel about you, sometimes, you know. <laughs> yeah, I don't think sometimes it's Sometimes in a press conference, you might just you might just be better off taking a pass. Yeah, I don't think it's a Kinda secret. Kind of like what Mike Waters did. Mike Waters did. did. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Mike's like, oh, my question was already answered. Yeah, Thanks, his Coach. hand raised. He's like, oh, yeah, you answered it. Sorry. <laughs> So anyway, whether it's the truth or not, but yeah, coaches in rare, rare form. Yeah, as far as you know, he, that's not every single. No, game, but, but no, but I say he's not in rare form just because we get these moments, and oh, yeah. and you almost can see them coming, right? 
and, and yeah. so and so well you could tell because of how much he was talking in the beginning so it was he almost did like not he want to answer questions, questions. <laughs> he yes didn't want them exactly when you know that press conference is 25 minutes and he opens up with six minute monologue <laughs> <laughs> you know it's coming you know it's coming. So, yep. anyways, uh, I love Coach Beheim. I know that some of you, the, it, maybe not people listening, but I know plenty of people who can't stand the guy. And um, I don't really care how he is on a personal level. I just love the guy. Um, I think he's hilarious. And um, and we got to see him in rare form, really, at his home during quarantine and all these things. And it just made me love him that much more. So yeah. um, that's why I tend to, you know, I'm not a special apologist, but that's why I tend to stick my neck out for coach. And that's just how it is. You know, I'm not a journalist, a sports journalist. So it doesn't matter. I don't have to, yeah, be, that's I don't have thing, to though, be fair and balanced. That don't, well, that's the, yeah, we don't. And that's the problem with people that don't feather answers into the, you know, like nowadays it's like, you gotta, you can't, you can't, every single word has got to be exactly the way it's supposed to be or else they're going to jump on it. It's not context. Like you got to just lob that thing in there. Like just a little, you know, I don't know. It's just like if you just say it how it is, then someone doesn't like it. It's oh, out of context. Take advantage of that. Yeah, it's it sees the opportunity because it, and it's not fair a lot of times. And that's the problem. You know, everybody's it's click. It's the age of the Internet, Joe. There was like I heard someone saying not too long ago. It's three things that really that really have made sports what they are today. And um, the first one was the Internet. The second one is it was fantasy, and the third one I forget. But the internet really sparked <laughs> the the internet really sparked sports into what it is. And people look for those. We're always looking for the highlights. We're always looking for the headlines, and it's clickbait, right? So and it's the next story written with the you know just go read headlines. Yeah. Sports headlines, news headlines. It doesn't matter. A mm-hmm. lot of times, the headline doesn't even freaking have anything to do with the story, or it's not even true. Yeah, it's too bad. It's too bad. It's like exactly. they just they they wait for somebody to just mess up. Oh, I know what the third one was. They can put it out of context. Oh, I yeah. know what I know what the third one was. Uh, betting, like bet online. How how could uh, I have yep, forgot? Yep, yep, bet online, DraftKings, you know yep, all yep, of those. Yep. yep. So yep. anyway, um, look, I think that's enough. We've gone almost mm-hmm. an hour and a half straight, Joe. Uh, we knew it was kind of going to be long, uh, and, and if you're still listening, we love you guys, and and give us a shout if you if you did listen all the way through, and tell us what you think. I'd love to hear your opinion on the basketball COVID protocols, and kind yeah. of if you watch the press conference, kind of put that into perspective with 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 the things Coach said and the things that we said, and kind of let us know what you think. I'd love to know. What do you guys yeah. think? I and really if you would. like, uh, if you like us going longer or shorter, I'm sure they Sean like it shorter. Likes, Sean always likes to go 45 minutes. You know, he does an hour's a little too long. So, but I know that some people out there, you know, I some, think I did a poll top, one time. Top fans that drive for a living. Oh really, yes, really like the long boy. Ones. Looking at you. So, you know, we. Oh, that's what it is, huh? Yeah, we. Well, we we took a poll one time, and I put out thirty minutes, forty five minutes, or an hour, and thirty minutes for a pod sports podcast was the was one, was the one that won that poll. So I, we, there's no way we do this show in a half hour. There's no way. No, God, no. So I mean. Forget it. But anyway, uh, I want to thank everybody who's still listening. Thank you, guys. You guys are the hardcore of the hardcore. We appreciate you. We'll be back with the Niagara and Notre Dame 
pre games or previews, excuse me. And I want to thank, obviously, Bet Online. I want to thank my bookie. Go to my bookie Monday, Cyber Monday sale, 25% off. Use the promo code Armchair. Thanks all of you for listening. For Joe, I'm Sean. We're out. Thanks.